Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and if it's your first time here, hi, we're so happy that you're listening and we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Uh, we are still in our study in, on Moses. You know, he's a big character from the Old Testament, and it is taking several weeks to discuss everything. And uh, so, we are now, we just finished a couple of weeks ago. I missed last week. I was not feeling well. Um, I'm still a little bit hoarse, as you can probably tell. Um, but we finished the... Ten Commandments, and Moses was on the mountain with God, and God gave him the Ten Commandments. So we're going to jump into this week, and we are in Exodus chapter 32, and we'll get right in there. Again, thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoy. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, he brought us out out of Egypt. We don't know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off all your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed him and made it into an idol cast into the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. They had said, These are our gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So that the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down. Because the people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and, and sacrificed to it and have said, These are our gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. And they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then 
I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord God. Lord, he said, why should you anger burn against the people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn your turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel is to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all the land I promised them. And it was by their and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring his anger and disaster that he had threatened. Right here. Intercessory prayer. If you don't know what intercessory prayer is, intercessory prayer is a prayer prayed by someone for someone else. Prayed by someone to ask God to help that person, to forgive that person. This is the basis right here. This shows us what intercessory prayer can do for someone. You may be praying and praying and praying for a person, but not praying intercessory prayer for them. God, God's gonna, God is mad. He is angry. They have built an idol. They are worshiping an idol, saying that that idol brought them out of Egypt. But, of course, it was not that idol. It was God. And so, Moses is saying, look, if you do this, the Egyptians will be like, why did he bring them out here? He brought them out of Egypt just to kill them all in the desert. Just to wipe them off the face of the earth. And he says, turn away from your fierce anger. Relent. Do not bring disaster on these people. Remember your servants. Remember your promises. Right? And God relented. The Lord said, okay, I'm going to forgive them for this. And because Moses asked. It also says in the New Testament, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Means does a lot of good. When someone prays for someone else who has a desire and a heart to be righteous, to be a good man. To be a good woman. It does a lot in the in God's heart. Right? At our church, we have a saying, which is one more time. Because uh, we were having Bible study one night, and one of the men at our church's dad was Catholic. And he was dying, and he wanted him so badly to get saved and he 
He said, how many times do I pray? How many times do I pray that this man will get saved? How many times? And the answer is one more time. Always one more time. And when you know it, a few weeks later, the man came in with this amazing story of how his father was saved. So many times we we come across these stories and I could tell you probably hundreds of stories of people who just continue to pray one more time. Don't give up on those people you're praying for. That in the intercessory prayer, don't give up. Just pray one more time. Because that one more time may be the one that's needed. So just pray one more time. So let's get back to our our story. We're in Genesis or we're in Exodus thirty two. We are now down to verse fifteen. Moses turned away and went down the mountain with two tablets of the covenant of law in his hands and they were inscribed on both sides front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was written of God engraved and on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting he said to Moses There is a sound of war in the camp. And Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. And when Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned inside of him and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them into pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf that the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it into powder and scattered it into the water and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you would lead them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. And then make, and they gave me the gold and I threw it into the fire and it came out as calf. Moses saw that the people were running wild and Aaron had let them get out of control and so became a laughing stock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all of the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. Each man will strap a sword to his side Go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and his friend and his neighbor. The Levites did 
as God commanded. And that day, about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and daughters. He has blessed you this day. The next day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book that you have written. And the Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of the book. Now go and lead your people from the space lead your people to the place I spoke of and the angel will go before you however when the time comes for this I will punish them for their sins this is a very interesting point right here and in very indicative of human nature Moses comes down he's extremely angry at what he sees and And when he sees the calf and he just burns with so much anger that he throws a fit. And he throws down the tablets and breaks them. And then takes the calf, burns it up, grounds, grounds that golden calf up into powder. Scatters it into the water and makes the Israelites drink it. Like, you're going to do this? Okay, here's what's going to happen to you. Right? But he immediately is like, we're getting rid of this God, this idol, right now. And when he asked Aaron what happened, listen to how Aaron describes it. Don't be angry, my Lord. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for the fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't even know what happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then when they gave me the gold, I threw it into the fire and it came out this calf. He is passing the buck the whole time. Aaron is not admitting anything any wrong except for the fact that he took the gold from them like he is blaming it on the israelites this is what they did you know how evil they are you know how prone to evil they are and so they came to me and i i couldn't do anything so i just took all their gold and i threw it in the fire and voila it formed a calf no we know that that's not what happened they put it into a mold and made a calf But when he's telling Moses, it's like he's trying to make himself sound better. I didn't mean to do it. I just, you know, he sounds like a child. Like a kid that's like, well, okay, so what had happened was I I didn't mean to eat all the cookies. Okay, so so they just kind of fell down and I just was cleaning them up and I just thought it would be best if I ate them instead of somebody else because they got dirty or something like that like these crazy stories that put 
so much blame on everybody else but not yourself. You know, I mean, it's been going on forever. I mean, all the way back into Adam and Eve. First thing Adam said was, that woman you made for me, right? And then Eve said, the snake, the serpent. Everybody wants to blame somebody else and nobody wants to take responsibility for their actions. At some point, we all have to grow up as Christians and start taking responsibility for our actions. I messed up. I turned right when I should have turned left. I'm the one that did that. My mouth spouted off and said those things. I was tempted and I gave in to temptation. Yes, Satan's going to tempt you. And you can blame him all day long, but Satan will never make you do something. He will tempt you to it. And if you allow that temptation to get in, which we all do because we all have weaknesses, it is your sin. It is not Satan's sin. You did this. I had, I have to come to a realization every day that I have to take responsibility for my own sins. And you have to be there realizing that you did this so that you can repent so that you can pray for it so that you can confess it if you're constantly passing the buck like Aaron is here you are not ever going to receive that true forgiveness because you haven't recognized that you've sinned all of us make mistakes we all sin if we didn't we wouldn't need Jesus and to get forgiveness of our sins, we do have to recognize our sins, confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us. So Moses saw all of this that was going on, and he went to the he went out to the entrance of the camp, and he stood there and said, "Hey, hey guys, whoever is for the Lord." Come to me. And all of the Israelites rallied to him. And then he said to them, this is what the Lord wants you to do. Each strap a sword to your side and go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, killing his brothers, his friends, his neighbors, anyone who was not with the Lord. And the Levites did as Moses commanded and about 3,000 people died and we know according to the numbers listed later on in the Old Testament there's about 2 million Israelites but about 3,000 of them died this day because they got caught up in sin and they didn't want to be on the Lord's side. Moses goes and does an intercessory prayer yet again. 
So I went back to the Lord and said, these people have sinned, but please forgive their sin. And if not, take me out of it. I was their leader. Take me out of the book of life or the book that you have written. Right? And he said, whoever is sinned against me, I will blot from the book. But now go on. Lead the people to the place I spoke of. An angel will go with you. However, when the time comes for punish, to be punished, I will punish them for their sins. They didn't get off scot-free for this. But he allowed them to continue. And they would be punished later. So, I wanted to talk a little bit. This is a little bit out of order. But only because I wanted to put this past section with the Ten Commandments. But So, we're going to go back to Exodus 28. Okay? And Exodus 28 says, Have Aaron, your brother, uh, brought to you from among the Israelites, along with his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, Ithamar, so that they may serve as priests. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor. Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such manners that they are to make garments for Aaron and his concession. Con Sorry. Consecration. So that so he may serve as a priest. These are the garments they are to make. A breast, a breast piece and a fod, a robe, a wooden, a, a woven <laughs> tunic, a turban and a sash. <coughs> they are to make these garments for your brother Aaron and his sons. So they serve as priests. Have them use gold, blue and purple yarn and fine linen. The ephod. Make the ephod of gold and blue and purple and scarlet yarn with finely twisted linen. The work of skilled hands. It is to have two shoulder pieces and two of its corners so that it can be fastened. Its skillfully woven waistband is to be like one piece of the ephod and made with gold and blue and purple and scarlet yarn. And with finely twisted linen. Take two onyx stones. And engrave them. <coughs> the names of the sons of Israel. In or order of their birth. Six names on one stone. And the remaining six on the other. Engrave the names. In gold filigree settings. And fasten them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod. As the memorial stones. For the sons of Israel. Aaron is to bear the names on his shoulders. As a memorial before the Lord. Make the gold filigree. Settings. 
and two braided chains of gold like rope and attach it to chain the chains and the settings the breast piece fasten the breast piece for making decisions the work of skilled hands make it like the ephod gold and blue and purple and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen it is to be square and span a span long and a span wide and fold it double then mount four rows of precious stones on it the first row shall be carlian crystallite and beryl the second stone the second row shall be turquoise lapis lazuli and emerald and the third row jaconeth agate and amethyst and the twelve stones one of each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved like the seal within the name of one of the twelve tribes. For the breast piece is made for the best feet, best, excuse me, breast piece, make braided chains of pure gold like rope, and make two gold rings on it to fasten them to the corners of the breast piece. Fasten the two gold chains and the rings in the corners of the breast piece and on the other ends of the chains to the two settings attached to the shoulder pieces of the ephod in the front and make two gold rings to attach them to the other corners of the breast piece on the inside edge next to the ephod. Make two more gold rings and attach them to the bottom of the shoulder pieces the front of the applied and close the seam just above the waistband of the applied the rings of the breast piece shall be tied to the rings of the applied with the blue cord connecting the waistband and that that is the breast piece will not swing out from the applied whenever Aaron enters the holy place he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart and the breast piece of decision as considering as continuing the memorial before God, the Lord. Also, put the Urim, the Thurmanum, in the breast piece so that it may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus Aaron will always bear the names of the, the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. Make a robe of the ephod entirely blue cloth with an opening for the head in the center. And there shall be a woven edge like a collar around the opening so that it will not tear. Make pomegranates of blue purple and scarlet yarn around the hem of the road with gold bells between them the gold bells and the pomegranates are to alternate around the hem of the road Aaron must wear it when he ministers the sound of the bell will be heard when he enters the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out so that he will not die 
make a plate of pure gold and engrave it with a seal holy to the Lord. Fasten a blue cord and attach it to the turban. It is to be the front of the turban. It will be on Aaron's forehead and he will bear the guilt involved in the, in the sacred gifts of Israelites. The Israelites, whenever their gifts, whatever their gifts may be, it will be on Aaron's forehead continually so that they will be acceptable to the Lord. Weave the tunic of fine linen and make the turban of fine linen. The sash is to be a work of an embroiderer. Make tunics and sashes and caps for Aaron's sons and give them the dignity and honor Consecrate them so that they may serve as priests. Make linen undergarments and cut, recovering their body, reaching from their waist to their thigh. Aaron and his sons must wear them whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister to the holy place so that they will not incur guilt and die. This is to be the lasting ordinance. For Aaron and his descendants. So. God is. Giving this. Detailed. Extremely detailed description. Of how Aaron. And his sons and his descendants should dress. Working as priest. Aaron is a Levite. And the Levites will be the priests throughout the entire Bible. Levites are priests. And if you know anything about the tent of meeting and how it's laid out or how it's set up, there is a place called the Holiest of Holies, which the priest goes in and speaks to God. Uh, kind of praise or speaks to God's in in God's presence. The uh, the priests go in there to ask forgiveness, to consult with God, to make decisions, and they have these bells and a rope tied to their ankle when they enter into the holiest of holies. If the priest dies inside the holiest of holies, because no one else is a high priest yet. Because he had just passed. They can pull him out. And then. The next. The next priest that becomes the high priest. Uh, will take on his role. It's interesting to see. How much. God is wanting them to remember. Remember the 12 tribes. Remember who you are. Remember where you came from. The tribes are on their shoulders. They're on their chest piece. And. He is. He wants them to remember. These are the promises I made. These. This is what's going on. Because. Israelites just like us. Have a bad habit of forgetting. What God's done for us. Five minutes after he's done it. And so. He is. Telling them, do this so that you can remember. 
the temple or the tabernacle that they build, God gives Moses the instructions to build this tabernacle. Is part of it's a portable building uh, because they will have to move, but God is going to dwell inside of it in fellowship with His people. If you look at that building and you see the beauty and just the wonder of everything that went into each section, each artifact, each thing, and that God gave people, gave different Israelites the abilities to do these things. He gave them the talents. He gave them the talents so that they could work on the building. Just like us. You have a talent. You use it to work for God. You you can any anything. You can you can pick up a broom and sweep. You can do it for God. God gives you a talent of working on cars. There's so many people that need work on their vehicles at churches, maybe even church bands need work. You can offer that up. I can't do much, but I can I can cook. I can clean. I can teach. I'll try to do what I can do to spread God's word, to build God's house up, to keep God's house looking beautiful. And I know there are so many people out there with talents, and they're like, how do I use it for God? Pray about it. God will put somebody right up in the middle of your lap where you can serve God and do that talent at the same time. To do that gift that God gave you. I'm sure there might have been some guy that was a whittler back in the day. And he's like, all I do is whittle wood. Right? God's like, I got the right place for you. You're going you're gonna to work on this for me for a little bit. Uh, but just remember, everything God gives you. He he gives you those talents to to serve him in one way or the other or another. So I think we're going to end there today. And uh I wanted to leave you with this one verse. In Revelations 21, 3, it says, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and their, and be their God. Allow God to be your God. We, or most people, I believe, believe that God is omnipresent, which means that he is always present. He is all he is everywhere all the time. He dwells with us. Allow yourself to dwell with him. To abide with him. A few years ago I was teaching some younger girls, uh young girls that were teenagers, but uh we were talking about 
abiding. Like there was a verse we were going over and it was about abiding with God. And they were, I, I said, do you know what abide means? And they sat there and this, there was one of them in there that was helping me and she killed me. Uh, she went to a big college and had graduated from that college and did not know what abide meant. And I said, what about abode? Does anybody know what abode means? And they just looked at me. Okay, so what about dwell? A dwelling? Anything? Nothing. And I said, okay. So if you don't know, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that don't know what these words mean. It means to live. Right? So where God lives is with men. And if we, if we want God's presence in our lives, God's power in our lives, God's forgiveness and his blessings, we will abide with him. We will live with him. Where do we live? We, what is so special about where we live as compared to another building? Well, A, most people go home every day. This is where we spend a lot of our time every day. This is where we rest, where we rejuvenate, where we're able to get ready to face the next day. Our home for the majority of people, and I wish it was for everybody, but for the majority of people is a safe place. So when we dwell with the Lord, when we live with the Lord, when we abide with the Lord and He with us, we are going there every day. We are spending time every day. He is where we get our rest. He is where we rejuvenate. He is where we get ready for the next day. But in my head, what rings true is our home should be a safe place. And Jesus is our safe place. I'm going to leave you with that today. I want to thank you for listening. I also want to encourage you this week to be kind to yourself and be kind to others and to smile. It's not going to kill you. Just a smile. Because God loves you and so do I. Thank you so much.